0: friend. Thanks for checking out the Crosspoint Church. It's our hope that these messages will encourage you to grow and thrive in your relationship with Christ. You can find more like this at thecrosspoint.com. turning to God's word this morning. And if you would turn to Exodus chapter 20, where we are today, Casey, one of our young adults is gonna come up and read the text. So let's follow along in God's word this morning. Exodus chapter 20, if you wanna pull it up. And God spoke all these words saying, "'I am the Lord your God, "'who brought you out of the land of Egypt, "'out of the house of slavery, but showing steadfast love to, the, to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. This is God's word. Thank you, Casey. So um, many of you know, most of you know that my wife and I didn't get to have children after we got married and you know, there's some sad parts about it, but there's some good parts too, because we get to have godchildren, so we which means you get to have children without any responsibility. That, that's a good part. And you get to have great godchildren who are their children and they came over they come over and then we send them back home real quickly. No, not seriously. But we, we get to do this, and so one of our godchildren is Jamie and she's a pastor's wife, they weren't able to have children either. So they adopted, you've heard me talk about Cora, right? So you've heard me talk about Cora. And then last year we got to add Levi Craig Cocos, uh to the family. So I think we've got a, yeah, this is a picture of Mr. Levi Craig Cocus. So in Illinois, they, they do things a little differently uh, than Missouri. In Missouri, when you adopt a child, you go to court and there is this, uh, the, the, the judge, and they're asking you these questions and saying at some point, do you understand when this gavel comes down that this child has all the rights and privileges of this family? If you believe that, say yes, and then they do, and then the gavel comes down, and it's official that this is Levi Craig Cocos. Well, in Illinois, they don't do that. So we did it ourselves. We had an unofficial court session around the family table uh, with the rest of the family. And so here's a picture of uh, his daddy giving him pronouncing blessings, uh, complete with party hats, which we were all pleased to wear, and the plastic gavel as he's reading those um, blessings and saying, this is my son, and I want you to live for Jesus. It was a really wonderful moment. We're all crying, we've got lumps in our throats. But here's the deal: Levi doesn't get it. He's like, he doesn't understand what's going on. All he could think about was the moment when he got his first spoonful of Ted Drew's custard in his life, as then heaven came down and glory filled his soul, right then. But what we're hoping is that at some point, Levi will understand the rights and the privileges that come to him because of his name. We want him to wear his family name well. Wear it well. And I'm wondering if we as Americans, for example, wear the name American well. I have to say that when I travel, sometimes I'm embarrassed by Americans. That the way they act, I go, please don't hold the whole nation against these folks over here that think the world revolves around them (laughs) when I'm traveling around the world. uh, Because sometimes we forget and we don't understand the rights and the privileges and the honor of being an American. We forget our history, that's why we have days that we remind ourselves like tomorrow when we remember Martin Luther King and we remember that prejudice and racism wasn't that long ago it's been in my lifetime that I've seen things and and I, we remember that day we remind ourselves by memorials in DC that the Lincoln Memorial and the Vietnam Memorial that I stood and I watched and saw this massive wall with all these names, it's amazing. It's so heartrending to see the numbers of men and women who gave themselves for the freedom of others. And we forget that, so we don't, don't understand our history and we don't realize what we say when we say, I am an American. But even more than that, I've been wondering, do we understand what we mean when we say, I am a Christian? Do we wear the name, our family name, of saying that God is my Father? Do I act like that's really true? Does my confession on Sunday match my profession on Monday? Does the weak, the way I treat people, the way I pray, the way I worry or not worry, is it reflected by the truth that I belong to Jesus? So I'm talking to believers here for a moment as we go into God's Word and we look at this verse in chapter 20 where God says, don't take my name in vain. What does that mean? Well, to get some context, I want to remind us where we are in the story of God, that God has told his people Israel these commandments that we typically call the Ten Commandments weren't given so they could belong to God, but because they already belong to God. So the Ten Commandments were not written to you or me. They were written to Israel. And it was because these people have been brought out of Egypt, out of slavery, into a new place and they were going to create a civilization. They had never lived by themselves without a taskmaster and so God says, I'm going to help you and you're going to take my name and you're going to be my people. You're my treasured possession, he says in in chapter 19 and in verse 2 of chapter 20, he says. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land. I am am your God. I brought you out of slavery, so live this way. Are you tracking with me? He's, He's not saying that do this and then you're gonna become my people. He's saying you are my people. I've already brought you out, so now I'm going to give you these commandments as a way of life because you are a reflection, get this, of me. You're taking my name upon you. You are Yahweh's people, this Old Testament covenant name we're gonna look at in just a moment so we can understand a bit more. But then we come to this commandment that says, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And I know that many of you that know the Bible, you go, I got it. That means don't cuss, right? Well, yes and no. I wanna challenge us to look at what is God's heart behind this commandment. And it has to do with names. We would say even today, names are important. None of us like our name to be made fun of, like when I got the name Sean, there were no other guys named Sean in the whole county in Louisiana where I was raised. That wasn't a common name. So people would say Sean, Sharon, Sean the Leprechaun. You know, I got all that kind of, and I didn't like that just like you wouldn't like it. In fact, today, even with celebrities, we don't like people making fun of our favorite celebrity. Like for example... If I were after service today to say, Taylor Swift can't sing, and she needs to get away from Arrowhead Stadium because she's messing up the game. Well, people would sound off. I would get more likes and dislikes than anything I've ever posted because people feel strongly about that. Maybe not you, but some people do. See, there's one walking out right now. If I were to talk about Beyonce or Oprah or if I were to say Tom Cruise might be handsome but he can't act. Everybody would go, wait a minute, I've met him. He's a nice guy, you know, whatever. You would start sounding off because names are important. It happens when I dedicate babies. I'll get a note from the parents. They'll say, pastor, we love you but we just want to tell you the way to pronounce our baby's name. And they'll spell it out phonetically for me. Which I get that, it's important. Names are important. How much more the God who loves us, who delivered us, who brought us from one place to another that God would say, so honor my name. So yes, names are a big deal. Is your name a big deal? It's a big deal. So don't diss it. So how this played out for me as a kid, maybe you were raised in a home like mine where, you know, this was taught and the way it came out was spelled out to me was like, you don't say certain words. Don't say the word God and damn in the same sentence. Even right now, I'm like getting, I'm shuddering on the inside saying that because my mom's on the front row. And if I were to, by the way, you know, get a spanking, which we did that back then, they don't do it now. But I think I turned out okay. So when I would get a spanking, and they wouldn't, you know, kill me or anything, but you know, I I, I deserved it. But if I started calling on the Lord in the middle of my spanking, I would get more. Can I get a witness? Anybody else raised in a home like mine? Okay. Is this what God means? I'm not asking for an answer right now. I'm asking you to think. Is it deeper than this? I mean, is God just saying, make sure you don't text OMG or that someone says, Jesus Christ, are you serious? That, you know, is that what it is? And by the way, I'll just say this, my friends, and maybe you differ with me on this. I'm not a big fan of correcting people who don't know God and saying, don't talk about my savior that way. I'm just not big on that because here's the deal. They don't know him like I know him. So there is no relationship. So I'm not prone to say, you better quit talking. Look, they don't know him. If they knew him like I would, they wouldn't diss his name. However, for Christians, yes, of course. We shouldn't dishonor the name of the Lord. And this is one way that we should honor the name of the Lord. Be careful how we use it in conversation. Of course, just like your name. But another way we can dishonor the Lord is how we can use it for our own benefit. For example, pasting Christian on whatever we do. Like I have a Christian business. Okay, cool, but you better do good work. You guys are tough today. You're like, going, yes, they better. I, I'm, I'm being a little serious, but I'm also saying, are you, are you tracking with me? I mean, sometimes we can miss the motive, the point of what God is saying. And so do we really need Christian soap, for example? I saw there was a Christian bird feeder. I'm like, well, okay, maybe we're supposed to preach the gospel to every creature. I, I don't know. Do we need Christian breath mints? I saw this at the <laughs> testaments. Seriously. I mean, is this what God is, I mean? Is this the way it says at the bottom, powerful, fresh breath, powerful message? Come on, give me a break. I think, I think this is a way we could dishonor the name of the Lord by using it. For our benefit to say, well, we plaster Christian on whatever we do. So yes, we should be careful in how we brandish the name of the Lord, but guys, this is kindergarten rules looking at it like this. This is kindergarten. You better not do that. Well, yes, of course. But I think sometimes we can hear the no, but not hear the yes behind God's commandments. So it's like with your children when you say, You cannot and shall not eat ice cream for supper. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. What's the big yes? But you can eat all the Chick fil A chicken nuggets that you want, you can eat all the applesauce you want. Hear the big yes. Here's the no don't eat ice cream. But yes, you can have things that are good for you. I think in a similar way, we might hear this commandment, look at the no, and miss the big yes behind it. So I want you to think with me for a minute. So the Bible, when it was written, when Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, it was written in Hebrew, was written in Hebrew and that is not our language so they've translated to English and I was looking at this and looking at this verse verse 7 Dr. Carmen Imes is a professor who did her doctoral thesis on this verse studied this verse for five years and she noted that the word that is translated take is actually a word that means take up lift up and she started examining this and thinking about this in light of who israel was and what she Proposes, and I say to you, I believe this is richer and fuller than just saying, don't say the name of the Lord in vain. I think it's this, that when you and I, when God's people who represented him, when they marched out, when they lived, when they did life, when they were praying, they were representing God. God's name was on the people of Israel. For example, Numbers chapter six, God says, to Moses, and Moses speaks to Aaron and the people and says, when you do this, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, and we know this prayer, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Read this last phrase with me. So shall they put my name on upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Wow. What is God saying? He's saying, when you bless the people, you're putting my name on them. This is God's people. You're carrying, you are taking up the name of the Lord. So don't do it in vain. Don't do it in a way that you're missing the point. You're missing the power and privilege of carrying the name of Of the Lord upon you. So I'm wondering how do you and I sometimes do this in the way that we represent God to a pagan culture that we are taking not the name of Yahweh. Let's go back to this verse, Marta, in in chapter 20, verse 7. In the literal standard version says, do not take up the name of your God, Yahweh. This was the old covenant name. Some of you are familiar with Yahweh or Jehovah. Yeah, that's, or you see in the Old Testament it's all caps, L-O-R-D, that's what that is, the covenant name. And the Israelites were so afraid of taking it in vain, they wouldn't even say it. They wouldn't even write it. They would just write, Lord, because they were so afraid of taking it in vain. And I wonder sometimes if we're like, well, I don't want to do the wrong thing, that we realize we're not assuming and and using and utilizing the blessing and power of the name for us, which is Jesus. So the New Testament says that when we believe, when we call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. We call upon the name of Jesus that we are baptized into Christ. When you become a believer, man, my friend, Jesus puts his name on you. You are Jesus' people. You are carrying the name that is above every name. Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him. Who is it talking about? Jesus bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. The name above all names is Jesus. Okay, you guys are saying, I get that, I understand that. Acts 4 and 12, there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. That is the name that we call on so that we can believe and become children of God. So my question is this, are you wearing that well? And I don't mean in the sense like, are you disappointing God? I mean, are you assuming the rights and privileges that happen and are available to you because you belong to Jesus? When you worship, when you worry or don't worry, when you pray, when you go into work, when you're anxious, are you living like you've received the abundant mercy and grace of God? Or are you using or understanding or seeing the name of Jesus? Is this a useless thing? Oh yeah, I just tack Jesus' name on whatever I want and then God does it that's not wearing the name of the Lord well. That's not bearing it up well. And I wonder sometimes if we're negating or abdicating the blessing that God gives us because of the name of Jesus. Like Elon Musk, his son, Xavier, says, I don't wanna be associated with my dad. I don't want the inheritance, I don't want anything. So he's abdicated everything. He doesn't get the rights and privileges. And that you and I, in a similar way, not that God disowns us, but that we don't assume the rights and privileges of saying I belong to God and Jesus has written his name across my heart. That we could do the same by denying the rights and privileges that come with the powerful name of Jesus. Consider David and Goliath. Remember that story? How David goes out to fight this huge giant and this giant is standing there taunting him and he's making fun of him and little David's there with his sling and a few stones and he says, you come to me with sword and with spear, but I come to you how? In the name of the Lord of hosts. And guess what? God stood up for David. And he stood up for his people. And God delivered him that day. Acts 3 and 6, when Peter and John are walking into the temple, and they see this man that's been lame all of his life, and they say to him, silver and gold I don't have. He was holding up his cup for alms, for money. He said, we don't have any silver and gold. But what we do have, we give you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he did. Well, pastor, are you saying that, that we should just, you know, use the name whenever we want something? Sort of like when I was driving down I-10, heading out to California, and I got in that section where it says next gas station, 140,000 miles Anybody ever driven that stretch through the desert? Yeah, it's like a long way. And I'm realizing I should have got more gas. So I'm driving through there and I start seeing the needle go down past E. I start praying, man. I start coasting down hills to try to get, yes, I did that. I know, you're thinking, what a lame guy. I bet you've done something silly like that too. I speak Jesus over this gas tank right now. Well, you know, I think in moments like that, God's saying, why didn't you just fill up? So it's not a magic word, it's not abracadabra, I, you know, I, I, want, I want a husband, I want a wife, I want a BMW, in Jesus' name, amen. Doesn't work like that. But it is standing in the authority of Jesus his character, his ownership of you, who you belong to, and that you don't muscle up and say, well, this, I'm coming you know, in my own strength because I'm somebody. No, you can't say I'm coming in Jesus' name. Like for me, guys, sometimes I walk into a hospital room and I know that someone is really hurting and all I can think about is you know, the enemy reminded me, you know, you haven't prayed a lot this week. You should have prayed more, man. You should have fasted. And and the other day when you said that and reminds me of my failures and the ways that I fall short, what am I supposed to do in those moments? Muscle up? Or when I walk up here and sometimes on a day like this, when, you know, I feel like, gosh, you know, Sean, you you don't have what it takes. Come on, just sit down and be quiet. What am I supposed to do? I can tell you what I do. Is under my breath, I'm saying, I'm going in the name of Jesus Christ. And his strength empowers me. I wonder what situations in your life today that you could begin to pray over in the name of Jesus rather than your own strength. Reminded of a lady in my small group, she was saying, I was recently, all these thoughts of darkness were just clouding my mind. I was so worried. I was standing there in my kitchen and I was cutting up onions and I was like, oh, I'm so tired of thinking this. And then just one moment she said, so I just dropped the knife on the counter. I threw up my hands and I say, Father in Jesus name, I, ask you, deliver me from these thoughts. And bam, it happened. And she went back to cutting the onions. Okay. A little golf clap. Come on. Can we praise the Lord for his goodness? Thank you, Jesus. I wonder what situations in your life that we just take passively and we're not assuming the grace and power that's available to us in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, pastor, I prayed for things before nothing happened. Aren't you here? Didn't he carry you through? Didn't you make it? Has he been gracious to you? Man, he's brought me through things. So I should keep honoring the name of the Lord by calling upon his grace and power. In moments when I'm afraid, in moments when I feel the weight of the accusations of of the wicked one, when he shoots his arrows at me of doubt and fear, and I lift up the name of Jesus, I stand here carrying the name of the Lord because of his grace. So let's recap. So, no, don't dishonor his name in conversation. If you're a believer, we use his name carefully because we revere him. We don't dishonor his name for personal benefit by just casually placing it on things that we want to prosper. But hear the big yes. Do honor his name by taking up its power and authority. Honor his name by wearing it well, like you belong to God, that you would lay aside your fears or or you would take authority over them in the name of Jesus. Sometimes on my knees quietly, tears down my face, in Jesus' name, Father, help me right now. Sometimes a little louder, when I felt, or my wife, we felt the creeping darkness in our home. And we stood in the middle of a home and taken communion and proclaimed the name of Jesus. This house belongs to Jesus. And it's amazing how, it's like God doesn't take our problems away, but we sense his grace on us. I'm asking you, take up the name of the Lord. If you're a believer in Jesus, take up his name. If you're not a believer in Jesus, call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Trust him. Believe in him, be baptized, take his name on you. I belong, I have a family, I belong to Jesus. And let us start living like that in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. You can check out thecrosspoint.com for more resources like this.